welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You are joined, as always, by Melbourne writers Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Hello, Zara McDonald, and hello, producer Annabelle Lee. Hello. Hi. Coming up on today's show, the Vanderpump Rules scandal might just be the juiciest thing to happen to reality TV in years. Michelle still needs to tell me all about it. <laughs> then, the weekend's HBO series might be in turmoil. Avril Lavigne and Tiger are officially on, and no, that is not Tiger Woods for all of you who messaged us about that last week. Selena Gomez gains 15 million followers in the space of a week and why exactly is Zoe Foster Blake and GoTo appearing in so many headlines right now but first Michelle how was your week it was a good week good we had some interesting <laughs> feedback on last week's segment on Kylie Jenner and Hayley Bieber or oh, we are on Hayley Bieber's payroll we apparently are sponsored by Hayley Bieber so Hayley thank you for making the show possible I know thank you for keeping us all employed <laughs> <laughs> apart from that I mean it was a weird week online but we're big girls. We've been doing this for five years. We can handle a little bit oh, of... that stuff strangely doesn't bother me. Not at all. We did have some lovely, lovely listeners see the sentiment on TikTok and reach out and say, girls, I hope you're okay. We can tell you we're totally fine. If anything, we're just befuddled. I, yeah, it's more, it is more a befuddling feeling about how bonkers the story oh. got <laughs> and how like you're daring to raise your head above it and say, guys, I just feel like we shouldn't be bullying someone. <laughs> really gets your head chopped off. But no, I, I wasn't phased by it. I've never seen anything like it. And I think down the line it might be a good story to revisit mm. and to look back into because the psychology of that whole Hayley Bieber, Selena Gomez drama, particularly on TikTok, has fascinated me. Yeah, we're not upset. If anything, we want to study it. I do want to study it desperately. But, yeah, that was the entire <laughs> week, wasn't it? <laughs> My recommendation for the week is actually a banger, if I do say so myself. A humble (laughs) start to the show. (laughs) Always. On the weekend, I went and saw And Juliet at the Regent Theatre. Have you guys heard of this stage show? I have. I have as well. Okay, you both need to go see it immediately. So does every listener in Melbourne. This is showing at the Regent Theatre almost every night for the next month. There are plenty of tickets available. It is a show... Based on what could have happened if Juliet didn't die at the end of Romeo and Juliet. It has so many banger pop songs. It is funny. It is a great platform for our Australian Idol alumni. We've got Rob Mills and we've got Casey Donovan in there. Nice. And they're great as well. The lead actress who plays Juliet is one of the most impressive people I have ever seen. Like, the most impressive Australian talent I think I've seen in a very long time. Oh, she's cool. <laughs> no, but you guys will go. I was in awe of this woman. I have not heard a voice like hers in maybe forever. Her name is Lorinda May Merripore and... Oh my God, I'm just a big fan. Oh, she's fangirling at the start. No, it sounds really good and I've heard so many people talk about it. And since, you know, we loved The Six and really became theatre gals, I feel like this one might be for Am us. Am I a theatre girl now? Well, it is your second theatre recommendation in about a year. Both theatre shows have been something that have been bought for me. My beloved friend Emily got me this. I'm not going to lie. Whenever I get tickets to stuff like this, I'm not expecting the world. I'm going in 
feeling a little lackluster. And every time I leave, it's the best night I've had in months. Yeah, the bar's on the floor <laughs> and you walk in and you thought, that's all right. What about you? What are you recommending? I am recommending it this week, a piece from The Atlantic that I've actually read the week before last, but it kept coming up in conversation this week. And I don't think I've spoken to either of you about it. So I thought, why not talk about it now? It is a piece in The Atlantic that was shared pretty widely on Twitter the other week called The Puzzling Gap Between How Old You Are and How Old You Think You Are. And I just remember being obsessed with this headline the minute I clicked in because you think it's such an individual experience thinking that you're a certain age in your head, but the reality being quite different to that. Like I feel perpetually 24 in my head. Do you? Yeah. You feel 24? Yes. To the point when when I got engaged, there was like slight (laughs) levels of embarrassment and shame about getting engaged so So young. young. (laughs) Reminds me of that meme where it's like, I can't get married at 28. I'm not a child, right? I still feel like I'm acting like an adult when I'm not one like I feel like I'm playing the part of doing all the things you do when you're an adult which is living with your partner and getting married (laughs) planning a wedding whatever it is but I still feel so young in my mind you feel like you're like in a dollhouse or something yeah yes absolutely like I'm playing dress up yeah and I remember when I was younger my mum sort of saying this offhand by the by comment to me how she says like (laughs) it sounds like such an obvious thing to say but she said no your mind doesn't get older I still feel 18 and (laughs) She was saying this to me when she was like 50 that she still feels like she's in her 20s. And I've I've never seen such a beautiful piece explaining it. Do you guys have a gap in your mind of how old you feel you are and how old you actually are? I am self-conscious. I feel like this is the most annoying response ever. I genuinely feel 28 in do my you? head. I really do. Because, That's great. Uh, no, I, gen- I am 28 and I feel 28. <laughs> However, if you had asked me this, I think five years ago, I felt 28 when I was 23. I feel like 19. Yeah. Like really young, but at that awkward, like in between age before adulthood, like I'm almost there, but not quite right there. <laughs> it's I'm true. just a baby. <laughs> I think that is the theme of this article. Yeah. Right? I also think the article really goes into beautifully explaining, obviously the pandemic has thrown things out as well. Mm. So subjective age, a lot of people feel suspended at the age it started. It is just a really interesting read. And I think a lot of people understand the concept of subjective age but nobody's really had a conversation about it so I really liked it how interesting guys let's get into the opening segment of today's show we need to talk about my favorite thing to talk about right now which is Vanderpump rules and scandal 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 which I'll okay (laughs) well first of all before I tell you why it's called scandal can I ask you how much you guys know about Vanderpump Rules? Yesterday, I had to look this up. I didn't realise Vanderpump was someone's last name. <laughs> yeah, I, all I know about Vanderpump about- Rules is it's a spin-off of Real Housewives because of Lisa Vanderpump. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. I'll accept that. I'll accept that. It's a Bravo show, so under the same network. Lisa Vanderpump runs a bevy of restaurants around Beverly Hills. Vanderpump Rules is concerned with a restaurant called Sir, S-U-R, stands for Sexy Unique Restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Sexy Unique. (laughs) Never been done before. (laughs) So good. So it follows Lisa Vanderpump as the boss and then it follows the cast who have all worked together and all been in the same friendship group for years. I will say I adore Vanderpump Rules. I think it's one of my favourite reality TV shows ever. It's the only show that can get me away from Love Island UK. I've been watching this instead of Love Island UK all summer. 
But also, I think this show is so brilliant because the cast all genuinely know each other before the show and have liked and been in each other's lives before the show. So it's not like The Hills where they're all just meeting and then scripting conversations and then pretending that there's beef there that isn't there. Exactly. And I think that's my gripe with some spin-offs or some seasons of Real Housewives in that they kind of just throw a motley crew together. This isn't a motley crew. It's a genuine friendship group with genuine relationships that predate the show. Right. Why is it called Scandal? I hear you ask two minutes ago. Also, I just want to jump in here. It's not that Annabelle and I, or me particularly, haven't done my research. You have told me I'm not allowed to read a line on this because you want to explain it to well, me. Well, I genuinely think maybe 90 to 95% of the people listening to this conversation will be in your position, Zara. Yeah, They don't know a lot and they need this explained. And I am so happy to be the one to explain. And I'm happy to represent the people. I'm just a woman <laughs> yeah. of the people. <laughs> Simply must be lazy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> now, it's called Scandable because the main person involved is called Tom Sandoval. Nice. Tom Sandoval's oh, name has good. now been turned into Tom Scandable. Of course. Now... We are up to season 10 in Vanderpump Rules. Season 10 was initially billed as the final season of the show. We're not clear if it will be the final season of the show anymore. In a nutshell, it has an incredibly loyal audience, but ratings have waned because of lockdowns. It's very hard to do a show about a restaurant when we've had two years of a pandemic where a restaurant has barely been open. Season 10 has just started airing. And probably half the cast has changed compared to what we kind of knew for season one. The main cast members still in the show, though, have been around since the beginning. The main ones I need to talk to you guys about today are Tom Sandoval. Scandival. Scandival mm-hmm. and Ariana Maddox. Tom and Ariana have been together for nine years. Oh, no. <laughs> nine years. Because I do know where this is going a little bit. <laughs> in all of the show's drama, in every episode I've watched, and I've watched every single one, these two are the most stable couple. They have had, like, the odd slight scandals here and there, but these two are rock solid. They own a house together. They are as serious as it comes. Any questions so far? No. No. (laughs) I just – I'm – Treading where it's still going. Now, if you need to know anything about Tom and Ariana as people, I love Ariana. However, I've got to say, the two of them do have a reputation for being a little judgy. That oh, when shock, they're on, <laughs> they're on like 10 seasons of a reality show. But when the drama kind of befalls on the other couples, when there's cheating scandals or whatever that rock the other couples, Tom Sandoval in particular has been accused of sitting in an ivory tower and casting judgment on all those who he deems below him. Beautiful stuff. So Tom and Ariana are together. The other two cast members I need to tell you guys about are James Kennedy and Raquel Levis. Now, James and Raquel were together for five years and actually got engaged. They broke off that engagement a little over a year ago. So we've got Tom and Ariana on one side, James and Raquel on the other. And James and Raquel have been on the show like forever. James has. Raquel came onto the show five or six years ago when she started dating James. Nice. Okay. Tom has referred to himself as James's older brother on the show. They are best friends. Raquel and Ariana are very close friends. They've been away on trips together. They constantly hang out. Raquel even stayed at Tom and Ariana's house when she was recovering from the breakup of her engagement with James Kennedy. Ah. So we've got two couples, one friendship group. That's how everyone knew the dynamic until the weekend, right? Season 10 is airing. It shows Raquel muddling her way through this heartbreak. It shows Tom Sandoval and Ariana Maddox being there for her. And that is how we knew it to be until the weekend. Because, guys, last Wednesday, shit hit the fan. 
So this was last Wednesday. It wasn't like an episode airing. This was in real time. This is real time. So what we're seeing on our screens right now is not at all matching up with what we that know is, is happening in real time. always very, very funny. Are they filming this, do you think, while they're going through it? Yes. I was going to get to that soon. Oh, but sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> sorry, sorry. This is all going to be filmed. So on Wednesday night in real time, two things happened simultaneously. Ariana and Tom were in LA watching his band. Yes, he's got a band, a cover band that he is the head of. I saw TikTok videos of the band. <laughs> let me ta- let me explain to you. <laughs> it is quite funny to watch. <laughs> it's giving midlife crisis. Yeah, yeah. Ariana was watching Tom perform with his band in LA. Meanwhile, at the exact same time, two Vanderpump Rules stars, Raquel and another of their castmates called Sheena, were recording Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen in New York City. So this is all happening at the same time. According to reports from People magazine, while Tom was performing with his band on stage, Ariana saw a sexually explicit video on his phone involving him and Raquel. Oh, my God. Yeah. I have so many questions. Probably not the most important one, but if you, why are you filming it if you're cheating? So this is an interesting one. Apparently, they were having FaceTime sex and apparently there's a screen recording of that. I don't know if we don't call it webcam sex, but what else are we calling it? FaceTime sex. There's yeah. a screen recording of it on Tom's phone. That just seems weird. It seems stupid beyond yeah. that as well. Now, Ariana confronted her boyfriend of nine years at the venue and texted Raquel that she essentially knew everything. And that's where things get even more wild because we know that Raquel and Sheena were together when this all came tumbling down. On top of this, Sheena and Ariana have been best friends for over a decade. Oh, no. So it's like, I mean, I don't even know how to, it's, it's as bad as it gets. According to reports, if reports online are to be believed. <laughs> Which they always are. <laughs> Sheena... And Raquel got into a physical altercation oh. after the filming of Watch What Happens Live and Raquel now has a black eye that was given to her really? over Sheena discovering that she had been sleeping with her best friend's so long-term partner. Sheena was just so mad and didn't know. Yes. Probably, if reports are to be believed, shouldn't have given her a black eye, but yes. <laughs> yes. That was Wednesday night. By Friday, US time, everything was in the media. Who leaked it? I don't Ariana, know. Ariana, probably. I actually think the production of yeah. the show. Oh, to make them continue for season 11. I think because the season is currently airing, I think Bravo knows that this is one of the biggest scandals to hit reality TV. And if this is in the media, people are going to want to watch. Every major news publication had articles up about this affair within about an hour of each other. Ariana Maddox has deleted her Instagram account. Almost every cast member was immediately sharing their thoughts on social media. (laughs) Why do they do that? Genuinely, the Instagram stories and tweets were wild. Paparazzi were camped outside of Ariana and Tom's house. They even caught photos of Tom packing his bags to leave. It's probably the details here that have made this sex scandal what it is, though. Well-connected sources have spoken to people and said that this affair has been going on since June last year. Far out. Social media sleuths have realised that Tom and Raquel have been wearing matching lightning bolt necklaces (gasps) in that time. And there are rumours that those necklaces have been some kind of twisted secret love pact to each other. That they're wearing the same necklace at the same time as an I love you that they can't say out loud. 
Oh my God. It gets worse. Wait, wait what about, <laughs> has, it, did, has Ariana known about these lightning bolts? And also why a lightning bolt? I don't. It's giving tacky. It's giving hot. <laughs> if there's anything you should know about Vanderpump rules, it's deliciously tacky. But no, you're right. Ariana hasn't had any idea that this is going on, to oh be clear. Gosh. There are also reports that Tom Sandoval and Raquel Levis spent Christmas together in secret. Oh no. So this is where things get even stranger because there is now a strange theory that a fellow cast member tom sandoval's best friend tom schwartz who has been on the show since the very beginning has been helping his two castmates cover up this affair since it began oh my god here's the weird thing one of the main storylines we are seeing play out on the show right now is that raquel and tom schwartz have a thing for each other they have been flirting there has been this idea that they're going to hook up in the season and that has been teased out in the season trailer before episode one. So do you think that Raquel and Tom Schwartz have decided to kind of distract with yes. this storyline? Like they've concocted their own PR relationship within a reality show? Well, this is the thing. Everyone for months has been talking about Raquel and Tom Schwartz and everyone's been going like, oh my God, are they actually a thing? Is she actually going to get with him? Are they actually going to kiss? Is this actually going to become a thing? We've all been talking about that. There hasn't been any time or conversation lent to the fact that when Raquel is with Tom Schwartz all the time, his best mate, Tom Sandoval, is also in the picture. They're hanging out as a little threesome. We all thought Schwartz and Raquel were a thing when it's actually Raquel and Sandoval, Schwartz has been a decoy. Oh, my gosh. So, given the culture of the boys' club mentality of Vanderpump rules, people are angry. I think over the last 10 seasons, there has absolutely been this vibe that the boys cover up for each other. Yeah. When they have an affair... They take the fall for each other. There yeah, are episodes where they crazy. go, I would take the fall for him no matter what. I yeah. don't care if he's cheating on Ugh. my friend. Even if I'm friends with his girlfriend, I will take the fall. I will have his back no matter what. Now, I know some people listening might go, this seems a little convenient. The show is about to end and all of a sudden the biggest scandal to ever rock it. I have thought up. this. Okay. I don't think this could be publicity. <laughs> no, let me explain. <laughs> let me explain. Tell me. Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval have just opened up a joint venture. It is called Schwartz and Sandy's, right? It's their brand new bar. It's only just recently opened. People are threatening to boycott this bar in droves to the point where it's not clear if Tom Sandoval will actually be allowed to stay on the bar because he's brought that bar into such disrepute that people don't want to go there anymore. So there's a lot of money tied up with this. Which brings me to Tom Sandoval's statement because he's responded to all of this on his Instagram page. (laughs) What is he saying? He has written, Hey, I fully understand and deserve your anger and disappointment towards me, but please leave Schwartz, my friends and family out of this situation. Schwartz specifically only found out about this very recently and most definitely did not condone my actions. This was a very personal thing. Also, Schwartz and Sandys might have my name on it, but there are three other partners and 20 employees who especially rely on the restaurant for income for them and their families. Just like Tom Tom, their other bar, I'm a small part of a much bigger... <laughs> Who's naming these bars? <laughs> I'm a small part of a much bigger thing. Please direct your anger towards me and not them. They did nothing wrong. I'm so sorry that my partners, Greg, Brett and Schwartz and our employees have to suffer for my actions. I will be taking a step back and taking a hiatus out of respect for my employees and partners. Need some time to address everything else. 
sorry for everything. So he hasn't come out and tried to deny it. I don't mind that. I see what you're saying, though, if it's this bad for his business. Ter- like, completely terrible. There but- are whole movements saying, if you go to Schwartz and Sandy's, you're a dickhead. Right. Or TomTom. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. TomTom's actually mo- majority owned by Lisa Vanderpump. And people right. love Lisa. Yeah. So they're still willing to support that. They know that these boys have a bigger stake in Schwartz and Sandy's, and therefore that's the bar they'll be boycotting because they know it hits their wallet more what do you think about the statement and the fact it doesn't one mention mention ariana Ariana. he's sorry for everything but his partner doesn't even get named no that's so cowardly yeah i bet this kind of guy sounds cowardly (laughs) what about ariana and raquel have we heard from them we have not heard well ariana deleted her instagram her brother has confirmed that this happened on social media so there's like no ambiguity people's lives have been absolutely brought into this it's not i really don't think it's pr Raquel has not responded at the time of recording. I think there is a conversation to be had that people are going quite hard at Raquel. I think Tom Sandoval is absolutely the one who should cop more blame here. But Raquel is also really good friends with Ariana and has been doing this behind her friend's back. So no one's an angel in well, this situation. Well, I don't think it's the classic cut and dry where it's like, don't put all fault on the woman. He's the one in the relationship. She is also the one in a relationship with her friend. Yes, absolutely. Someone has been trying to make this public for a while. Our favourite gossip Instagram account, Demois, has said that they have been receiving blind items about this affair since December. Someone's wow. been going to them with all the information regardless fans of the show are going to learn all the details very soon bravo has just confirmed that they've switched the cameras back on to film everything which will make this one of the biggest reality tv moments i can remember i wonder how you convince people in these moments as everything's going to shit though to film it that's the only thing that confuses me They all have it in their contracts that for a certain period of time, their personal life and the biggest moments of their personal lives are owed to the show. So they contractually have to include this stuff. They can't just weasel out when shit gets hard. And they can't say this is too much. No, if they want their pay packet and if they want to be part of the show, this is the cost and this is what they need to own up in front of the camera. Oh my goodness. So there's going to be an 11th season. There, I think there will be. If they sign on for season 11, I'll be interested to know if Tom Sandoval and Raquel Levis do. I imagine that will be a very interesting conversation. But I know for sure that the end of season 10 and the reunion episodes, of which there are normally three, will be some three of the- reunion episodes. Well, this one might have a six. This will be one of the biggest reality TV moments, and I will be watching every second. You know what? I might even turn it on for season 11 at this rate. Could I just tune in at season 11? I think with this explainer, maybe. I think you I can. you've caught me up on 10 seasons of Band Pump Rolls. Thank you. No problem. Any questions to close us out? Annabelle? Um, nah. <laughs> I don't have any either. You've been so wonderful and thorough. <laughs> I actually don't need to know anything else about this. I actually think I was born for this. I know. You're excited. <laughs> and now it's time for the quick and dirty. Every week we bring you the top five stories from the rough and tumble of the celebrity and pop culture news cycle. Zara... I feel like I'm 24 years old McDonald. Nice. What have you got for us? My first story. The weekend fires back at Rolling Stone Report claiming the idol is in turmoil. Did we upset you? That is from (laughs) Variety. Guys, not a good week for The weekend or Euphoria creator Sam Levinson. Have you guys seen this story around? I have. And I've also seen a 
almost like a tsunami of criticism for Sam Levinson in particular and a big kind of cultural movement to say that euphoria is problematic. Yeah. Well, Sam Levinson has been kind of controversial in the past anyway. As we know, he is the creator of Euphoria and people love Euphoria, but there's also been commentary about what lengths he goes to on set to get the best out of his actors and actresses. Also conversations about how much nudity is in that show, given how young the cast members are meant to be. So there have been sort of murmurings about Sam Levinson for a long time. Now, at the end of last week, though, the reason these two, The weekend as well, are in the headlines is Rolling Stone published an article claiming that their upcoming HBO series called The Idol has gone, and I quote, wildly, disgustingly off the rails. <laughs> Don't sugarcoat it. No, not at all. Now, in case you missed it back in June 2021, I didn't realise this show was announced so long ago. The weekend announced that he would be creating a show with Sam Levinson and his producing partner, Reza Fahim, called The Idol. Now, we were told when they this show was announced, and it sounded like quite an intriguing premise, right, that the show was about a pop star that was played by Lily Rose Depp, non-Nepo baby, Lily Rose Depp, <laughs> if we remember, who becomes entangled with a cult leader who is played by The Weeknd. And it was billed as a show that would sort of dive into the exploitative reality of the music industry. It was meant to be some sort of exploration about fame. It was meant to be told through the lens of like a young female sorry to what? interrupt there's a lot going on in that premise a cult leader pop the star. exploitative reality of the music industry a pop star but also through a young woman's lens reclaiming her agency well I, it was meant to be a show that was like smart and quite dark but not dark for the sake of being dark it was trying to make some broader points about the music industry and fame and all of those kinds of things the cult right? leader thing just feels like it's come out of nowhere I know right <laughs> it was meant to be the way that they sold it was like a darker version of Euphoria. Okay. And Euphoria, I can't even watch Euphoria. It's, <laughs> it's quite too dark, dark for me. <laughs> now, last week, Rolling Stone dropped an article with the headline, The Idol, How HBO's Next Euphoria Became Twisted Torture Porn. Now, essentially, the show sounds like a mess, Mish. It was slated to be due out last year, but then... It kind of just got pushed out without any explanation. HBO now saying vaguely sometime this year. And so the question people are now getting the answers to is what's taken so long? Yeah. In April last year, director Amy Simons suddenly exited. Now, she exited the project when roughly 80% of the six episodes worth of work was done. Yeah. How wild is that? Why are you leaving when... 80% of the work is done. Something's got to go pretty wrong. Yeah. The question maybe isn't why are you leaving or why are you, you know, allegedly being forced to leave? Because HBO initially addressed all of this at the time by saying the idol was going to have like a major creative overhaul and they were going to adjust half the cast and crew. So it's like you've got 80% of this project done and suddenly it's like, actually, we're going to take this in a completely different direction. They've spent between 54 and $75 million on this first first shoot. Oh my God. It's it's weirdly reported between 54 and 75, which is like quite specific. (laughs) Yes. They've spent a bucket of money already. Apparently the only thing we have to go off is reports at the time when Amy, the director, left was that the weekend felt the show was heading into too much of a quote-unquote female perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) So that meant they basically scrapped everything they did, rewrote a whole bunch of it and started shooting again. Now in Rolling Stone's piece, they spoke to 13 members of the show's cast (laughs) and crew. 
all anonymous. Not one, not two, no, 13. 13. All stayed anonymous, obviously, because this is their job, who were absolutely savage <laughs> about how bad Sam Levinson is allegedly to work for and how the show has descended into something far darker than even they thought possible. Oh, my God. Now, in this piece, one production member said of Levinson's version of the show, it was like any rape fantasy that any toxic man would have in the show. And then the woman comes back for more because it makes her music better. Another source explained to Rolling Stone, it was like The Weeknd wanted one show that was all about him. Sam was on board with that. In response to this report, so this report <laughs> went very viral, right? Because I think a lot of people, there's been a lot of hype for this show around. I don't know if you guys have watched the teasers and stuff, but I've been interested in it. And there's been so much hype and people have started to wonder where the hell the show is. So this report went very viral. In response to it, The Weeknd posted a scene from the show that they had shot, like obviously an unreleased scene because the show is not released, of <laughs> he and Lily Rose Depp playing their characters and they're kind of ragging on Rolling Stone. I'm going to play a snippet of what he posted here. So Rolling Stone came back to us about a cover, and I think it's worth pursuing. Rolling Stone? Are they a little irrelevant? It's a cover. It's a heritage brand. I think it's fail-safe. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it might be kind of past its prime. You know what I mean? Yeah, nobody cares about Rolling Stone. Um, well, I know a few writers over there that I think would handle whatever we want to do with them in a really careful way, which I think is important at this point. Rolling Stone has six million followers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Half of them probably bots. Well, I don't know about that. And Jocelyn has 78 million followers. <laughs> I am aware of her follower count. All real. So a weird coincidence, right? Like in the show, they're ragging on Rolling Stone, but then Rolling Stone has written this really scathing article about them. So in response, he shares the fictional exchange about Rolling Stone. Correct. It's but not I, quite working. It, well, it was. I don't think it did what The Weeknd wanted it to do because everybody just looked at it and was like, this is some of the worst happening we've ever seen. There was this incredible tweet by Zara Rahim as well, which was just a script by ChatGBT, which I thought was quite funny because the script itself does read quite badly. Yeah. Like, I don't, as I've said multiple times, on this show i'm no expert when it comes to drama and acting but <laughs> please uh, miss i could have been margot robbie but i watched this and i thought the script is average and the acting is terrible well dan levy is in this scene right the other voice you guys can hear is dan's voice he's an incredible actor and i always feel amused when you can see non-actors up against professional actors because the chasm it's almost giving harry styles and florence Pugh in don't worry yeah, darling there's you a can chasm tell, absolutely and now there's also a movement to save dan levy because <laughs> 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 like, apparently he needs to be saved anyway keep your eyes peeled on this one because i have a hunch this story is not going to go away <laughs> and i am very intrigued about what this show is going to look like if it ever comes out I'm so, it's just so funny that he thought he was doing something and it's he did quite, the opposite. It's quite cute. <laughs> Our second story, Avril Lavigne confirms romance with Tiger as they share a kiss at a party following Mod Sun split. That is from the Daily Mail. This might be the quickest quick and dirty ever, Now nah, let's stretch it. <laughs> <laughs> We've got time. Avril and Tiger. Tiger is in Kylie Jenner's ex-partner, not the golfer, Tiger Woods. I was so shook by how many people thought we were talking about Tiger Woods. I, I feel like if it's Tiger one name, it's quite clearly the musician, but... We, you know what? We got it wrong. Tiger. We, we could have made it clearer. We should have said Kylie Jenner's ex. Yes. Tiger. Anyway, he and Avril Lavigne are on 
Shortly, very shortly after she broke off her engagement with Mod's son just a fortnight ago, they kissed at Paris Fashion Week and the photo is now everywhere. Yeah, I'm really intrigued by this because last week we said that there were rumours about them being together. As you might remember, Avril Lavigne announced her split with her fiancé. The fiancé, Mod's son, came out and said we were together two days ago, so if we've split, <laughs> this is news to me. And now she's kissing very publicly. I always get quite sceptical when things are this public this fast. Mm, I, what are you trying to tell me? I think they're just trying to tell you that they're celebrities and celebrities can be kind of weird. And have fun. I think, yeah. Is I just that? think celebrities can behave so erratically sometimes. This is just symptomatic of that, that their relationships look nothing like our own. The way they operate often doesn't look anything like the way the average person operates. They're just chaotic by nature of being celebrities. Yeah. Isn't that wild? I do want to give a quick shout out to one line in the Daily Mail's report. <laughs> the Daily Mail wrote, the couple, who were first linked last week, looked more loved up than ever <laughs> than, as they posed their photographs together. Do you than mean ever, more loved up than, than last, last week? week. <laughs> <laughs> more loved up in the history of their relationship. <laughs> Our third story. Selena Gomez gained more than 12 million followers in 10 days amid speculation that Kylie Jenner mocked her. That is from Yahoo. Well, it may have been a drama-filled week for Hayley Bieber, Selena Gomez, Michelle Andrews. <laughs> but the real winner in all of this is Selena's Instagram following, which has absolutely ballooned. At the start of this whole furore, Selena had about 380 million followers on Instagram. And at the time I made these notes, which was yesterday afternoon, she had 395 million followers. Wow. I wonder if that's gone up overnight yeah, even. Well, Good one to prove that I probably could have checked <laughs> before we recorded as well. Meanwhile, while Michelle is still fact checking, Haley has lost more than a million followers on Instagram. It's still three ninety five, so you're up to date, guys. I am up to date. So fifteen million followers in the space of about ten ish days. That's insane. Yeah, it's pretty nuts, isn't it? Now, this news comes off the back of Justin Bieber celebrating his twenty ninth birthday with family and friends, and he managed to generate even more headlines about the drama thanks to the party favours he was handing out. Were these lighters? What were they? I just saw silver things that looked like they had a cowboy hat on the top of them. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> I think they were a silver metal lighter. Okay. So cool. it was engraved though with this quote that reads, I am so thankful I didn't end up with what I thought I wanted. Now, the item itself was made public after one of his friends posted a photo of it on Instagram. What do hey, we think about it? People are really grumpy about this. People think that it's Justin taking aim at Selena again. There's one tweet that actually got 90,000 likes that reads, admitting that your wife was your second choice on your birthday is crazy, LMAO. <laughs> Selena <laughs> truly lives in his mind rent-free. I'm so confused by that quote because... I'm so thankful I didn't end up with what I thought I wanted. It does not at all imply that your <laughs> wife is your second choice. It's implying the life you have right now is perfect. I think that person who wrote that tweet is missing the words, what I thought I... And like, he's not saying, I'm so glad I didn't end up with what I wanted. <laughs> it's what I, what I originally perceived that I wanted. But also, sorry... Come on. I, I think this was silly, right? I do have to agree with you. I think Justin and Haley should not be doing anything ambiguous right now. If it's got shades of grey, don't do it. Or at least do it, but don't put it on social media. So the friend whose name is Alfredo, bad choice to put this on your Instagram stories, I would say. I don't think you had your friends back, but also I don't think you should have had these ambiguous fucking lighters at his 29th but birthday. I also anyway. wonder, 
part of me actually thinks that Justin didn't mind them uploading this because he hasn't said anything this entire time. I wonder if it's like that small way of making his point without making his point. I do want to get to the fact that he hasn't said anything because yeah. I have lots of thoughts on that. But isn't this quote, I'm so thankful that I didn't end up with what I thought I wanted. That could be to me about so many things. And having researched Justin Bieber's life for our four-part series on him for Scandal, I interpret this with the research we've done to be about the life he thought he wanted when he was younger was a party boy lifestyle I totally agree with filled you. with drugs and alcohol. He yes. has been very honest about his battle with drugs and addiction. Now, this quote to me does not speak to a woman. It speaks to a lifestyle. He has chosen the opposite route. He has become a devout Christian again and he's become a husband and his life has changed. Like he's cancelled his tour. He's living a very quiet life compared to what he, he used to. It's so annoying to me that we keep viewing these things in a very narrow lens of how it could be related to Selena Gomez. I agree with you because I have found that the most annoying part of this entire story over the last couple of weeks about how anything is being used as evidence. I do think this is the most foolish thing, though, from their camp. I think it's like the most ambiguous. Probably if you want to point to any evidence of something that's kind of strange to do at this point in the drama... It's this. Like, I do find it odd. I understand what you're saying, but I still find it like an odd thing that they just didn't decide to pull. Well, if you give people an inch, they'll take a mile. And I feel like they're doing that by being ambiguous. I wish Hayley and Justin, I feel like they have bad PR people or they've got a bad team around them who isn't instructing them, like, just be black and white about things. Don't give people something to kind of run with. On Justin not posting, I know you brought that up earlier. I find that annoying as well. I feel like if your wife is copying it, And there's this rhetoric online that Justin wishes he went for Selena, is writing these love songs about Selena, is pining for Selena all these years later. The least he could do is upload a very cute photo with Hayley Bieber or respond to her birthday post for him or do anything to affirm that he has his wife's back no matter what. If Mitch did this to me. (laughs) Here she goes. If Mitch and I found ourselves in this situation and I was losing followers and people were hating me online and I found myself in this storm and Mitch did not even post a photo with me on his birthday or reply to my post or show any public form of support for me, I would feel let down. Yeah, I agree with you only because... Hayley stuck her neck out and uploaded photos with Justin. So if Hayley had posted nothing and done nothing, I would say they've both clearly just decided to bunker down. But she has posted very sweet photos with him. So I agree with you. At least comment saying, love you, boo-boo, or whatever. They- <laughs> I'm sure that's what they call each other. They would. He would like, call her boo-boo. Have you not seen the opening line of like one of their Vogue interviews where it's like boo-boo, baby, whatever. Like, it's just, I hate that. <laughs> well, some people don't. <laughs> I am surprised. I wish he did more. I feel like annoyed as well because Justin is kind of the centre of this whole feud to begin with which is a whole other kettle of fish the least he could do is just publicly support his wife yeah good point our fourth story owner of Zoe Foster Blake's brand on brink of collapse that is from the Sydney Morning Herald bit of a businessy story but we know that a lot of you would have seen Zoe's name in the headlines recently we wanted to give you a bit of a an easy-ish top line really top line explainer of what is going on and why her face is being used so much. Yeah. We're not business journalists. So, you know, if you want to do that, read all the very in-depth analysis in the AFR. It does get quite messy. We will give you the very top line explainer. Yeah. Listeners might remember that in 2021, Zoe Foster Blake sold a controlling stake, 50.1% of her skincare business go to. Now she sold that stake to a company called BWX. BWX owns a few brands that the listeners will be familiar with. Sukin and Andalou Naturals 
Bowls are two of them. For a controlling stake in GoTo, BWX paid $89 million in 2021. That means that they roughly valued the company at about $180 million a couple of years ago. Just under $180 million, which is a lot of money, right? A huge valuation. Now, since that deal was made, BWX, so the parent company now of GoTo, has hit really dire straits financially. And they have been sort of not wanting to release their financial results for a little bit. It's been around for a long time. Everybody knew that BWX was struggling. But on Monday, they properly released what's been going on, properly released the They figures. kept delaying it. It was I know. It's actually quite anxiety-inducing. They kept going, not yet. Not today. Not yet. <laughs> it's bad. We're not going to tell you yet. <laughs> now, they, when they did announce what had been going on, they said that they had lost more than $100 million in the first half of the financial year. And they are now on the brink of financial collapse if they fail to strike up a deal with their bank by March 31, (laughs) which is, it's March 8, the day we're recording. They've got a few weeks to sort this out. And to be clear, just to reiterate, they lost $100 million between July and December. Correct. This is like hemorrhaging money. The downfall is monumental to say the least. When BWX bought that controlling stake in GoTo, BWX was worth $750 million. At the time of recording, they're worth $36 million, which means they're worth half of what they paid for GoTo. For only 50% of 50% GoTo. 50% of GoTo. They're worth half of that. How is it? Yeah. This is like... It's a mess. It's a real so mess. So bad. Now, it's been interesting to see Zoe become the face of this mess. Like any news article you see, it is Zoe's face being used to talk about the BWX drama. And I'm in a couple of minds about that. Most of me feels like it's pretty desperately unfair that the decisions mm. that probably a whole bunch of men have made for this business to basically come close to collapsing is now sort of being hidden by the face of one woman who owns a brand that that company bought. Yes. I appreciate in the digital news sort of realm, Zoe Foster Blake's face will get clicks and all of those kinds of things. And she's not irrelevant to this story at all. There is probably an argument to say that buying GoTo at the price that they bought GoTo for probably was the beginning of the end for BWX. What Probably one of many decisions, but probably one of them. So she's not irrelevant here. She's just the face of the entire thing, though. Yeah, and also, if BWX paid Zoe a certain amount for a company, who's going to turn around and go, I think you've overvalued me. Yeah. <laughs> I personally think give me less money. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Truly. It, it's rough. I do think it's rough. And if you look at the headlines that Zoe's name has been put into, they are just blatantly unfair. Like the SEO headlines, the headline that appears in Google when you search the Sydney Morning Herald article, doesn't come up with owner of Zoe Foster Blake's brand on brink of collapse. They've just written Zoe Foster Blake's brand on brink of collapse. Like, That's not fair. It's a misrepresentation. It's also not true. There's also been other sort of arguments rolling around, particularly towards the end of last year, but I haven't seen this sentiment around as much this year, that this is not the end of the world for Zoe because essentially what it could mean is, let's say, the company was valued at a certain amount, someone paid her a bunch of money for that. She could buy it back for now what the value of her business is, which is much lower, Mm. and pocket, Pocket pocket the difference. But I think... I don't know if it's a stretch. I mean, I'm only coming at this as someone who runs a business. Mm. If I was to sell, it would be my nightmare to have to buy it back. Well, I think the interesting thing would be that if if someone was to sell their business, I think you're immediately in a mindset of an exit, right? When Zoe and GoTo signed this deal with BWX, there was a second part to the deal we haven't talked about. The second part of the deal is that in 2024, 
BWX will pay for the other half, the remaining half of GoTo, and will pay a floor price that is upwards of $90 million, right? So when Zoe signed this deal, she went, right, it's 2021, I'm pocketing this money now. In 2024, shareholders get the remaining money that is in this deal, and I want to focus on other things, maybe not just go to, maybe, I don't know, live a different kind of lifestyle because the company has been sold. Well, I yeah, I don't think you're selling just to, I mean, I, I'm sure paydays are lovely, but I would, I think you'd, you know, straw poll a lot of entrepreneurs who sell their business. Most of it would be the idea of getting out. Yeah. And when we say getting out, you're still part of the business, but the day-to-day running of that business is no longer your responsibility. So for me, I know that pocketing that difference would be nice but by that point when you've already got like 40 million dollars <laughs> do you need that much more money no. like you probably don't want to be pocketing an extra few million for the shit of it by yeah. that point i think you've got so much money you'd rather just get out of the business 100%. that's just what i would think though i don't know if that's exactly how people in this scenario feel but i think that's why we wanted to talk about this mish because these headlines are everywhere her face is everywhere go to is not on the brink of collapse no. like some are, some headlines are trying to trick us yeah, yeah. it is bwx And we'll probably know more in the coming weeks about what's actually going to happen to BWX. And therefore, I think what happens to the ownership of GoTo. Well, March 31, that deadline is looming and I feel stressed for them. Yeah, absolutely. And if you are more of an expert in this than Michelle and I are, come talk to us on your Say Friday. I guess my overarching question is what does happen to the companies that are owned by a parent company that is struggling this much? And our fifth and final story. Daisy Jones and the six star Riley Keough describes awkward sex scene with her husband husband that is from digital spy guys daisy jones and the six is out you probably will know that we did a bit of sponsored work with prime video upon the show's release of course as we always say nothing we do or say outside of that sponsored work is sponsored Mm. daisy jones and the six is one of the biggest tv shows for our demographics at this point in time so there's no way we're also not going to talk about that oh our demo is obsessed with it including ourselves so we want to talk about it but as you said zara this is not paid for this is all organic all organic have you guys watched much of it? Yes, binge the three episodes. Michelle, I have been watching Vanderpump Rules. I'm up to episode two. Yeah, I've watched the first four episodes thanks to some early screeners that we get. Oh, I am, I am <laughs> loving it. Like loving it. Riley Keough as Daisy is great. I also think Suki Waterhouse could have been a good Daisy too. Yeah, right. She's amazing. I love, I think it's just me just saying I love <laughs> Suki Waterhouse. Sam Claflin who plays Billy. He's in Me Before You, or is it yeah. You Before Me? Oh, me is that where I've seen him before? He's a great Billy as well. It's it's just a really well put together show. Now, as part of her press tour, Riley Keough was on Seth Meyers and told this story of how in the show there's a scene where she has to have sex with a stranger. And so the producers thought it would be funny to cast her husband, an Australian <laughs> stuntman by the name of Ben Smith-Peterson, instead. Here's how she said that went. It was more awkward. It was more awkward because... I think it sounds good in the beginning, but as I think about it... I think that they were thinking it would be less awkward, and then then we got there, and they're like, this is, like, this is really uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, you don't, like, for one, I've never had pretend sex with my husband. Right. (laughs) That's true. You know? (laughs) And for two, you know, normally, typically when you do these things, and it's like a somebody coming in for the day, you're like, hello, nice to meet you, and you kind of get down to business, and it's very professional, but... With him, it was just like really like we were just giggling the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> 
I have so many thoughts about this. I wonder if it would have been less awkward if they. No, wait. <laughs> I was gonna say if they actually it's less it. awkward if they actually had sex. What the fuck is wrong with you? I don't know. I actually don't know. As soon as I thought that, I'm like, wait, that'd be way worse. Incredibly unprofessional. Like doing that in in front of people, like don't subject this like crew to. But that. even pretend sex or pretend kissing in front of other people. You still like, have to hump. Yeah, Stop saying and words. surely you would revert to like. Surely you're reverting to. Normal ways that your body is, you know, <laughs> so what, around letting, each other. You're letting everyone know your fave position. Well, no, obviously it's scripted, but then I think there's got to be parts of it where it's So like, now we do reverse doggy. <laughs> <laughs> what if she likes a little, you know, like neck kiss or something? Oh my gosh. Well, you know each other's turn on. So yeah, you're... I don't know, but then you can't, you're not allowed to be, I guess, because it's fake. Anyway, we've always said on this show, oh, it would be hard having to just like randomly do that with a random. <laughs> Riley's saying it's harder to do it with your own partner. You know what? I think that makes a lot of sense. That is my worst night nightmare that I'd have to do that with my partner. Me too. I think I'd actually rather do it with a stranger. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's, that's all for today's episode. Guys, thank you so much for listening. If you want to support the show, you know what to do. Click follow on Spotify or Apple or any, you know, podcast app that you use. <laughs> any, you know, podcast app. The wheels have come off. Annabelle, anything to add? No, 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 no. no, no. We will be back in your ears, guys, on Monday for another episode of Scandal. Bye. Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.